All right, guys, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. If you're someone who is seeking uncommon results, this podcast is for you. Success, happiness, and wisdom. What do these words mean to you? I think we can all agree that we'll probably all have slightly different definitions of each. In these podcasts, I get to dive deeply into conversations with some amazing innovators, influencers, and trendsetters that have had different versions of how they define the terms, yet have come out on the other side with amazing, uncommon results. At some point in their lives, they have decided to unshackle themselves from the norm and go beyond all boundaries. Again, well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of Beyond All Boundaries. I'm John Dwyer, the host, and I'm really excited about our guest today. I have Dr. David Phelps with us today, and uh, I've gotten to know David a little bit um, for the last, last year, but just a few, a few couple months ago, we've had some really fun, engaging conversations, and David has had a lot of life challenges, had a lot of successes. He's a proud husband and father. And um, I'm just really excited to have David on. He's, he's the founder and creator of the Freedom Founders. And I'm excited for him to talk a little bit about that today. And David is also the author of Own Your Own Freedom or Own Your Freedom, a new book that he just published. So David, welcome to the show. John, it's a privilege to be here. Thanks for having me. So if you want to just start out kind of talking about, you know, David, where you came from and some of the life challenges that you had, and especially to the the, the opportunities and how you took advantage of those opportunities and where you are today. I think your, your story is just, just really inspiring to me. Well, thank you, John. And, and you know, I love, I love talking about this stuff because you know, as we get later on in life, and I, I have to admit, uh, I don't feel this old, but I, I, I got my Medicare card this year, so that'll give you a clue. Uh, but I, you know, I don't, I don't feel that old at all. And I, I don't really look at age, but my point here is that is, you know, living, you know, now, you know, you know, in, into my, uh, would be that my seventh decade, uh, there is, you know, throughout life, uh, you know, maturation pro- process, and we, we, we learn lessons in life that we didn't get in school. And that's just part of life experience. And so having the opportunity to share with other people what I've learned and, and do it with people like you who say from the same standpoint, uh, uh, we're out there in, in the entrepreneurial space. And I think it's a fun space to be in life. I, it's, 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 I wouldn't do it any other way. But that being said, uh, has it always been a straight shot uh, to the moon? Of course not. Um, when I was a kid, I just, you know, and I reflect back, you know, now in my later years, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I realized how much independence meant to me. And people will say, well, what do you mean, David? You mean like when, you know, something wrong with your, your household, your family? I mean, did you have to go out and, and forage for food? And and, and I, I don't say that tongue in cheek, because I know there are people that that are in a position in their life where, 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 where the family means are tight. Uh, I was not in that position. My family uh, did take care, good care of, of me and my, my sisters in a, a you know, upper middle class home, but I still wanted to be able to have some other things that I wanted because my parents were good parents. They didn't just give up. They could have given us more, could have given us the new bike or, you know, I wanted a better tennis racket because I was learning to play tennis when I was a kid. No, no, no. The Kmart special. Uh, was was what you got. If you wanted something better, you had to go out and earn it. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I was as a young entrepreneur, I was figuring out I could do lawn jobs when I was old enough to do that. I sold greeting cards, uh, newspaper route, uh, you know, the typical things. Uh, and then even in going through college and, and dental school, nothing was given to me. Uh, in fact, I didn't even get any scholarships. Uh, I, I waited tables all the way through school. So so the work ethic, but also having that independence to have some money so I could do some things independent of what families uh, rules and regulations were, uh, or the bare minimum, I should call it. Uh, I wanted that, and and so that never changed in my life. Uh, but I, I took what I would call the safe and secure route, 
nothing wrong with this at all because a lot of people uh, are believers, as I am, in higher education. It's always been taught to us that the, the further we go up on the, on the ladder of, of academia, um, the better our pay scale and, and our career will be, right? I mean, it's kind of safety security, especially if you go into the professions of some kind, whether it's accounting or legal, healthcare, engineering, um, you know, always respected and, you know, you're going to always have a good job somewhere. And, uh, and, and so I did that, but I realized very, still very early, even before I graduated dental school, that, that I, I wanted to uh, be a better steward of what I would someday have that would actually be some money, you know, so I actually earned income uh, rather than waiting tables. And so when I was in college, I was reading books about, besides my science studies, I was reading books about, about investing. Um, and, and like I read books about the stock market and mutual funds and read a bunch of books about that. And then I found some books on real estate. And to me, the real estate being a tangible asset, some, uh, I could better identify with uh, just for me, my personality, like a little bit more control is what I saw with, with real estate. And so out of the gate before while I was in my first year of dental school, uh, I asked my dad if he would co-venture co with me, co-partner with me. And together we bought a rental house. Uh, he lived two states away. I was in Texas. He was in Colorado. So I was the manager. And so we bought a house together. He came down to Dallas and we found a house uh, that was, you know, a, a good bones house, meaning structure was good, but it was a house that uh, needed some updating, right? Kind of the perfect situation. And, and as luck would have it, uh, it worked out well. I mean, some luck, but some also taking um, mm -hmm. a chance and opportunity. And so we kept this house through my years of dental school. Uh, I didn't live in it. I, I could have and rented out some rooms, but Instead, I just kept my smaller apartment and I rented out to families uh, and, and uh, learned how to manage, but also realized that at the end of the holding period, uh, meaning that when I graduated from dental school, I was going to move on so I couldn't stay there and quote, manage the property. So it was time to sell, harvest, harvest the gain. Well, what's that gain going to be? Well, again, a little bit of luck, uh, but uh, you know, adding value to the property, we, we split about $50,000 in mm -hmm. capital gain. And that was long-term capital gain, which meant lower tax rate. But the main thing was, is I took that capital gain, my 25,000 thereabouts, and I parlayed that into more properties. And I realized that owning that asset during that four-year period of time, the amount of time I put into, you know, help acquiring it, um, overseeing some of the initial renovations, and then the quote management, two tenants in four years, not bad, right? The amount of time I put into that asset, for the return I got on the back end, the 25,000 in capital gain profit was way more, probably 10X, 10 times what I earned working as a, at a pretty high-end steak and uh, seafood restaurant during my years and making you know probably $15, $20 an hour in tips back in the early 80s. So mm -hmm. when I compared and contrasted, I thought there's something about owning assets. And that's where I got my start into real estate. And I just parlayed that 25,000 into more properties uh, over time. And that's kind of the, the beginning of the story. So I'll stop there and take a breath and we can you know, cut back into so, anything. You want to. So with, with that being said though, so you, you again, you, you graduated from dental school and you were a practicing dentist, right? And it, it, did you own your own practice at that time as well? Not right away. I, I, was, I was an associate for a few years, which I think was a good thing because mm -hmm. not that I couldn't have done it. I mean, a lot of people do. It's probably harder today than it was 40 years ago uh, with a lot of the situations in the economic marketplace. But you know, I was an associate, so that actually gave me a little bit more time uh, to get my skills up in dentistry, which you have to do when you get out of school. You're not, you're not a, you're not yep. a sophisticated uh, practitioner, and you know, your 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 wife is is very dedicated to the cause. But same thing, I mean, you know, we have to learn skills. So no, I was an associate, um, which was a good thing for me. It was a, I mean, totally the right move for me. And then so from there, right, were you buying properties 
um, during your time and practice. So to, to, to kind of walk through, because share with people what Freedom Founders is, right? And, and what you're yeah. today and, and maybe a little bit about your journey coming out of dental school, you know, graduating, basically have the world by the tail, right? With the opportunity of earning potential and things as a dentist. And then understanding all the things that you were from an investment standpoint at a young age, partnering with your dad in this real estate, what what things or events happened or in mind shift shifted from transitioning maybe more of a focus in in dentistry versus overall investing and in, in talking about you know what created Freedom Founders? Yeah, great. Well, yeah. So what Freedom Founders is today, it's a it's a community. Uh, we call it a mastermind community. It's a, it's a community mostly of professional practice owners. And, and within that regard, it's mostly dentists, just because that's where I came from. That's who I speak to. That's that's who who, who identify with most and, who, and the people who ident identify with me. I, I understand the struggles uh, that we all have in that regard. Uh, but I just, you know, I, I found something that worked well for me in my life. And I exited dentistry, not because I had to, not because there was anything physically wrong with me. Uh, it was my daughter, um, my daughter, my only, only child, uh, who very early in life at age two and a half was diagnosed with uh, acute lymphocytic leukemia. Uh, she survived that. This, now, this is going back 20 plus years. She's 29 now. So 25 wow. years ago, she was diagnosed. Um, she got through it, but it was a really, really hard time for our, our young family. In fact, uh, my marriage to her mother didn't survive that. And it was, you know, no, no fault. It was just, it was way more than we knew what to deal with and, and just, Lies, unfortunately, um, the, the time and the focus just gets put on the crisis. And that crisis lasted for over two and a half years with the leukemia. So that being said, but um, I'll, you know, everything worked out well. Uh, it's not fun during the time. So this is that was adversity number one. Uh, now, Jenna uh, subsequently uh, had epileptic seizures uh, from about age eight to 12, which which still caused a lot of uh, a lot of trauma and, and, and crisis because they weren't well controlled. And then at age 12, she was in end stage liver failure. So that was, um, that was when she was 12. Um, so that was 2004. So where we talking about 18, yeah, 18 years ago. And it was when she was in the hospital, when she fortunately, um, an organ liver was, was donated, uh, loss of another child, which, you know, got to give a ton of gratitude to families who think about being proactive about that. I, I'm a big fan, obviously, because it saved my, my child's life. Forever grateful. When she was recovering from that transplant, which is another ordeal in itself, uh, in the hospital, uh, in and out quite a bit, uh, but even the first you know, week or so, uh, you know, in intensive care. And I had a lot of time to think. And what I was thinking about, John, was, was you know, yeah, I'm a dentist uh, and, and I can make a good living. And that's kind of my job here, right? I'm not supposed mm -hmm. to be the financial a foundation for my family. And, and that's a big part of what I do. But I thought, you know, the, the big thing is I'm, I'm, I'm challenged right now. Uh, my daughter's gone through a lot of health crises. She's, you know, gone, going through a liver transplant now. And, and with God's, God's will, you know, she'll make it. But, you know, I was thinking, how many more chances do I get to be a dad? Because, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we're very, very driven to, you know, produce and grow something and make it bigger. And I mean, that's part of the drive, right? Uh, but we always have trouble with that balance, you know, and, and this, mm -hmm. this was kind of my wake up call to say, hey, David, you know, maybe you're just a little too overdriven towards, you know, uh, the dentistry. And I was doing real estate, too. You asked me that question. I was buying houses. So, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff thinking, boy, I'm going to I'm going to have this all figured out. And yet my family, especially my daughter, is is, is suffering uh, during these years. And I'm doing the best I can. But let's let me put it this way. I'll be very frank. Uh, I wasn't there as much as I needed to be. And. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, she survived this, so I don't have to have like total regrets. 
but I decided I didn't want to have regrets, John. So that's when I decided when she was in the hospital recovering from her liver transplant that, that I was going to make a decision to sell my dental practice. Wow. And how many years had you been practicing at that point? I was right at 20. I was right at 20 years. Okay. Been a good run, but we all know what the solopreneur goes through. That's what we're talking about today. I mean, yeah. the, the challenges of being a solopreneur means, uh, you know, you kind of have to do a lot of everything and it takes a lot of your time. And I just decided I would sell the practice. I could still go do dentistry if I, if I wanted to, needed to. I could even start another practice a few years. So it wasn't like I was totally burning bridges, uh, mm -hmm. but I just thought, you know, the thing I had to figure out, John, it's what I teach in, in our Freedom Founders community today is, is what's your freedom number? In other words, and that's what I had to figure out back then. Do I have enough, quote, passive or cash flow coming from assets versus my labor being a dentist? But do I have enough coming from these properties, which I, to, to tell you, I, I leveraged into a lot of properties, but I snowballed down the debt, which is means just paying, paying faster on the loans. Yep. Uh, so I had a lot of properties getting free and clear by that time, which meant more positive cash flow, right? So how much cash flow that I have coming from these assets, would, they, would the, that cash flow be enough to cover what I needed to provide the basic financial security that I was responsible for for my family? Would, that, would there be enough if I didn't work another day? And I had to do the calculations. I had to get down to bare bones. That's what I teach our members today. If you can do that, it doesn't mean you need to quit what you're doing. It doesn't mean you don't, can't ever be active in your income. No, it just means you've taken off a big ton of pressure that most people feel until quote they get to that mystical retirement age and even then people that retire today talk about this all the time there's still so much uncertainty because of the markets and the economy and the volatility and so many changes today is i just i just like assets that produce income that i believe are as stable as you can get <laughs> in a world today that's very unstable yeah. uh but you and i we can go down some deep rabbit holes on that one because we uh we, we think a lot alike in that regard yeah. and i think you know you you made a you, you said a word that i think was you know, really interesting is, is the pressure, right? The pressure of the daily grind to sustain a certain standard of living lifestyle. And if you can, you know, to your credit, how you step back and started to realize, okay, if I, I don't have to go to work, right? Or if I, if I position myself to where, I, if there's enough cash flow or other asset value to where, if anything happens to where I can make a decision. And I think, you know, talking a lot about entrepreneurship and, and freedom, it's, and it's really is having that opportunity to really not to step away from your business and still have it operate or you function as a family unit, right? And one of the leadership or uh, coaching programs that we're in, right? They talk a lot about your vision and how you do those things. And so I, I, that word stuck, stuck out to me is when you said the pressure of, you know, the, the daily responsibilities that we have and if you can position yourself to where you're not able to or not having to go to work it's a huge probably a huge relief yeah there's there's so much focus and i think we get we get caught in a trap uh it can happen to anybody and i would have been in the same trap uh had mm -hmm. i not found real estate which uh because it's relatively illiquid <laughs> that's one of the downsides of, but actually a, a positive to real estate <clears throat> I, was, I was putting money and, and, and building equity in real estate, which wasn't like having an ATM machine or a savings account. I could just go grab the money and, and build my lifestyle. It was actually forced savings with an inflation hedge. But I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and, and drive toward metrics that we want to be successful. We want to be proud. Uh, we want our families proud of us. I think that's a big part of it. We want to be we want to be seen by our peers, uh, whatever industry we went into, whether you know, we want to be able to show up at the meetings and and, and, and act like, you know, we're, 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 we're making it, we're, we're doing it, we're right. doing it, you know, and, and there's a little bit of an ego with that. And I think that's a trap. Um, it's, it's not easy to get over. I think 
for me, it was very easy to get over because my daughter's situation, I just put all that other stuff aside. So wait a minute, what's most important. If you don't have that, you know, kind of wake up call that what I call snapping of the leash early, this drive for, you know, what is success? What's the definition of success? And, and for a lot of people, it's like the cars they drive, where they live, the house, where the kids go to school, the vacation home. Um, it's, it's, it's the monikers of success, but is that really, really what we really want? And you know, John, if we future pace ourselves to the end of life, um, and we don't know when that will be, of course, but I think a lot of people when they get, you know, towards the end of life, and they know it is, they've lived a good long life, and they're in their 70s, 80s, maybe 90s today, and they look back is, what are their monikers of success? Was it that they did uh, more deals or had higher revenue or, or better car? No, it, it was, it's never those things. And I think if we can take some lessons from people that are further down the road from us and say what really mattered, then we can bring that back today. It's hard to do. It's hard to do when there's so much pressure out there to produce and look like you're playing the part and you're all successful in your industry. It's really hard. But gosh, if, if more people can, can get that vision down and, and to your point, I mean, being part of, of, of groups, mastermind groups like we are, where, where we have authentic people around us, we're not chasing the, the, the dollar. We're not chasing the exit, you know, necessarily. We're, what we're, we're chasing is getting back to more balanced life where we can have some of both. And it's never a perfect balance. It's always no. ebbing and flowing. That's the way life is, but not being so focused on just driven for the dollars or the, 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 the asset value, the practice value, whatever it might be, is, 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 a, is a big change. You know, what's really interesting to me, David, is that it, it's, not a, it's not an uncommon comment what you just mentioned from people that are, you know, have lived a long life and it's, it's, they're getting ready to graduate right to the next, next place. Um, and the reality is, is they never talk about the things or the monetary value. They always talk about, you know, wishing they had more time with family or friends or these different things. And yet the psychology of people like in my age, right in the forties, it's like trying to get to that next level, trying to work so hard and do all those things. And it's just, it's interesting to me. It's, it's such, it's so easy to say that, but yet it's so hard to, in my opinion, fulfill that, you know, balance, so to speak, and to where it is important. And I've worked a lot this year on my vision and trying to get my stuff together because I have sacrificed a lot and for what, right? right. Um, and, and it's, it's just, it's, it's really interesting to me to just people, wise people always talk about that, right? You can't take it with you, but yet it's, it's, it's in today's society, it's, it's what we drive for this. It's, it's the, like, it's the significance that we have to make us feel better about our own insecurities, maybe I I don't know, but yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot of that, and it 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 is hard. I I think I had to gain some wisdom and maturity in in my own life going through these 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 life crises and issues. And I'll be very honest, I I was early in life, I was kind of a scarcity minded person. There was never going to be enough for David, and, and not that not that I needed stuff and material. I just had this idea, John. That you know you could you could just build up uh, whether it was you know money in the bank vault or in this case I was doing a lot in real estate but that, that you just need to keep building it because you wanted to have the biggest pile of assets ever and that was going to protect you and I realized how fragile this um, what you really want to focus on in life I believe is is having a lot of different skill sets um, which. Um, I won't go into here besides the technical skills that you went to school for. So again, mm -hmm. dentist, right? Uh, and that was my specialized skill set. Well, great. I can trade time for those dollars at a relatively high level as long as I want to do that, right? But again, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a, a trap trap to that because uh, you can get on a hamster wheel. So so instead of just focusing on those one skill sets, what are other skill sets? 
that could behoove my ability to adapt and iterate, which I had to do, which I, well, I didn't, I didn't have to, I made the decision to leave dentistry. But what I found on the other side was that I still had relevance, uh, but in a different place. And, you know, with Freedom Founders today, which, which really just happened organically, I did not say, oh, the next thing I'm going to do after dentistry is I'm going to have this mastermind group. No, not at all. I had no, no clue what I was going to do next. It wasn't on my, my, my forefront. My, it was really time with my daughter. But with this, with this little bit of void time uh, in my life before I went on to my next thing, uh, I had a few years there, is, is I found that I, I had enough experience to solve a different problem for a different group of people. In this case, it wasn't patients that came to me as a dentist. It was helping other dentists who I knew well, uh, I've been one, uh, but who had the same challenges of trying to figure out, well, you know, how, how do I build some kind of a, a plan whereby I don't have to I exit tomorrow, but I can actually have peace of mind about what I'm doing. Uh, and I just realized, again, over time, that what I had learned in one particular asset class, not that there's not other ways to do it, but I just learned there's a way to do that. And so learning how to communicate and, and, and build something brand new that I never went to school to do uh, gives me a lot of security and that I realize I can move and morph because I've learned how to solve problems. Um, yeah. I've learned how to, how to, how to, how to, how to um, dissect and diagnose um, problems uh, for people. And I just happen to do it, you know, kind of through real estate, but also a big a lot of, part of it is a lot of mindset shift thinking, which you and I, uh, we talk a lot about is, is, you know, our limiting beliefs in life uh, that we grow up with. And, you know, this is the way you, this is the way you've got to do it. Or, or if you're in this industry, this is the way you do it around here. You need to do it this way. It's like, no, no, you don't. Uh, but it's scary to, to, to move away from the crowd or the majority. It's scary to do things differently because everybody says, well, do it this way. Like uh, everybody says, well, you know, you should, XYZ retirement plan accounts and just do it this way. And it's like, well, that could be a piece of it, but what, what are there some other ways to do, do things in life? And I say, yes, there are. You've just got to give yourself, afford yourself the, the opportunity to, to, to step out of the grind of what you've been doing for so many years, even though you're quote successful to a mm -hmm. point. And I think, you know, I, I use the terminology blind spots, right? Like I think we all get, can get so tunnel vision that we don't take a minute to step back and look at what some of our blind spots are. Even from an entrepreneur, from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, and even from a money perspective, which I talk all the time about, right? So it's just identifying those blind spots. And if, if you're coachable and if you're willing to learn new things, I think that's, you know, one of the biggest challenges too, is that we, we just get so ingrained into what our thought processes are and the things that we think to be true, right? But if, if yes. what you thought to be true turned out not to be true, when do you want to know that? Exactly. And that, those, are the, those are the questions and the things that we have to sort through. And, you know, it's important to, to, to visit with other people, professionals like yourself. I was just going to ask that. So what was, how did Freedom Founders start? And you answered that. It was kind of organically. And it sounded like it was just, it was from more of just talking to some of your colleagues in the dentistry profession. Is that accurate? And then all of a sudden you started coming. So how did it kind of grow into Freedom Founders itself? Yeah, my, my wife sent out a Christmas letter after the summer of 2010. And as a PS, just. Uh, by the way, David sold his practice. Um, nothing more than that. And I had a handful of, of those friends and, and many of them were, were dentists or, or some, some physicians who had been friends for a number of years and just, you know, congratulations, but like, how, how could you do that? I mean, financially, it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you're still in your forties. And um, so that's, that's how it started. Um, a few of them said, well, could you show me how? And I said, yeah, I could show you. But I said, you don't want to really do it the way I did it when I was in my 20s because you're in your 40s or 50s and it's a different ball game. I said, 
but I said, you can piggyback on some of my, my, my deals, just piggyback. In other words, you know, put some private capital in my deals. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a good return. Uh, we'll, we'll show you, but you can actually just you know, earn what you learn. Right. And, 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 and none of these people want to go out and do what I did was in my twenties. I already had a network built up so I could, I could acquire properties pretty easily something, but it took me a lot of years to get there. Right. So they were right. just piggybacking. And as, as, as they started to see how this worked, they go, this is pretty cool. Then they would tell some of their friends. So, you know, just a little bit of referral, uh, referral um, virality is what happened. And then I got to a point, I think, well, if this is going to grow, and that's when we started, I, I said, then I've got to figure out how I can scale this without me being, you know, the bottleneck. Cause I said, I'll be a bottleneck pretty quick. I'm not going to go out and find all the deals. I can't, there's no <laughs> way possible. I'm not going to do that. I want my freedom. Right. Right. So that's where I, I, I figured out, you know, I could, I, I know a lot of people in the space that are good at what they do and they have niche, different niche markets and different, different geographic areas. And I'll, I just brought a few of them, like maybe three or four to our first meeting. And I said, Hey, let's just do this for six months. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back. And if, if, if we like it, we'll do more. If, 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 if that's enough and we got all we wanted out of this little trial thing, then we'll call it a day. And everybody said, let's, let's keep doing it. And that's, that's how it started back. Yeah. Right. About 2010. It's when our first little organic meetings were started and then it just grew. And, you know, today it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, I, I enjoy the people. And mastermind in 2010 were masterminds a big thing back then. I don't know. How much. I mean, no, it, it really no, seemed, not, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's the cliche phrase right now, right? The last, the last yeah. few years, but I mean, back in 2010, I don't think that was, I mean, <clears throat> there were, yeah, there were, there were few and far between. Um, so, so yeah. And I, and I was learning the concept and learning the value most importantly, John, because, because when I was freed up of my practice, it gave me that, again, that time. And again, I spent time with my daughter, uh, but right. I wasn't with my daughter 24 seven. I mean, sometimes I was, but, but a lot of times I wasn't. So then I was, I was, you know, trying to figure out what am I going to do? And so before I even started freedom founders before it organically, organically began, uh, I was on on the search, and I was looking at different different things, and I, and I got myself involved in some different mastermind groups. I just through people I was finding because I had more time finally to to experiment and explore. Is really what I was doing. So like, what else is out there? And I ended up meeting some very cool entrepreneurial people in these different groups. And these groups, what they do is they just you know they help you get clarity. Um, that's what helps us do, right? Whatever you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, gives you clarity on on that vision and. It shows you those breaks those blind spots, which you, as you said so well, John, we all have them. Can't see the forest for the trees because we're so embedded in, uh, you know, the weeds of what we know to be true to us, but not not necessarily universally true. Right. And that's that was the break breakthrough. And I thought, well, if this works worked for me, why can't I do the same kind of concept uh, for the people I want to help? Because I, I understand the format, and there's different formats for masterminds. There's all kinds sure. today. But, you know, if you have a great facilitator and, and the caliber of the group is kept tight in, you know, values and uh, basically the, 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 the phase that people are in, essentially, uh, then they, they're really, really powerful. I think, you know, and I can speak to this, David, because as I was, you know, looking into the Freedom Founders myself, I mean, the vetting process that you guys use and, and how, you know, diligent you are in making sure that you have the right culture and the right people in that group. I mean, it's, it's not just anybody can play type deal. I mean, you guys are very thorough and thoughtful about who you want to implement into your group. I mean, is that, I think that that's probably been one of the key to the successes of the, of your mastermind. Yeah. I, I learned from, you know, other people that have been mentors to me that it's better to go slow with anything you're building uh, and, and have some definitive guardrails on 
what you believe will be the core values of what you're building. Because if you build too fast in the excitement of whatever you're doing, and you, you, you open, the, open the gates too wide to too many things, that's where things can cave. And I wanted to be very, very cautious and careful about that. And I think that is that would be a key I would tell anybody when you're building anything um, really on the front end, decide you know, wh what are your non-negotiables? What will you absolutely not, not cross a line just to make more money or get profit today? What will you absolutely not do? What's that important that you would not do that and really get those defined early? Those are the principles, the foundational part. And if you'll follow those through, even going through the tough times where, oh boy, you know, we're, we're just barely getting this off the ground. If we just, you know, cut a corner here or there, we could, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. You've just got to hold tight to that. Uh, whatever you decide is important. The, the non-negotiable comment, that is the biggest challenge that I have, right? And, and just making sure, I mean, because it's easy for me to say, right, this is, this is how I want things. But then it's like, you get to that point, like, oh, well, maybe I'll stretch it here so we can make this work, right? Yep. And I think, I mean, it's, I can just say it, it's, that is one of the biggest things that I struggle with is like, I, I'll have my non-negotiables and things that I want to set up or that I won't do. And then, oh, I'll just maybe stretch it here a little bit. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know if you struggle with that at all. No, listen, we, we, we all struggle. We all struggle. And I, I think that's why it is important to surround ourselves mm -hmm. with other people. It could, be a, it could be a group of three people that are, are informal, um, you know, friends, colleagues, uh, don't even have to be mentors, just people that, right. that, that you trust and go. And whenever you're thinking about doing something, you go to that two or three people, or it could be a mastermind group. Mm -hmm. and say hey i'm thinking about doing this and and have them with without any um any agenda way back in and because i want people to tell me the truth i would say tell me am i am i am i making an error here i want to hear hear from you before i take this move or make this stand or whatever it is i'm going to think about doing mm -hmm. that that kind of wise counsel choosing your counsel wisely is one of the most important things we can do because we all are tempted all day long to again cross some kind of a line and i think accountability is key for all of us yeah what would you say, David? I mean, in, in, if you think back through your journey, I mean, with your daughter getting sick and then, you know, recognizing that you need to make some changes and you sold your practice, was, was there, you know, a thought process or was there, was there just something that was really speaking to you or a key to you to going through that difficult time and, and, and transitioning through that? I mean, what was the biggest thing that you learned, I guess, is kind of what I'm asking you to share with the, the listeners and, and people that have can you know, have experiences things like this. How you, how did you push through? Cause I'm sure it was just a, a very difficult time. Well, yeah, but my, my daughter's situation, um, you know, losing the family unit uh, when she was six through the divorce and then, you know, her, her next crisis, you know, a liver transplant when she was 12. And I, I, I think that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I think as an entre entrepreneurs, um, we, we are able this is not it's not a badge of honor because I think it can, it can go too hard. But we are people that I think are very resilient um, to a fault, to even to a fault. Um, so I'll always dig in and do what's necessary, even when it's not fun. Um, this is why, and I think we're speaking to, to those people today. But when yeah. I say it can be a curse, is that's where we will we will take on and do so much to, to try to make something happen that we think is the most important thing. And typically that's the business or the financial side of, of our lives. That's where we, that's where we do wear a badge of honor. Cause I mean, I don't want to let my family down, but the problem is, is that much focus there is the price that other people are potentially paying for our resiliency or our, as entrepreneurs, we'll just, we'll, we'll plow through anything. And, and, and I would, 
But the price I was paying or would have continued to pay um, for the time I was missing with my daughter, uh, I, I could not bear that. And I think that was that like the mirror reflecting on me during that time. When I was in the hospital, literally she's, you know, she's, she's sleeping most of the time. I'm talking right after a transplant and I'm sitting there. So there's no discussions. I don't have a phone out. I don't have a laptop out. I'm not connected on Facebook. Uh, this, you know, I'm in the hospital, literally watching her breathe. And I'm thinking, well, in my life, I didn't take a lot of time to think. I've just been a doer. Just go do, just go do, just next, 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 next. That's always been who I've been. And I think we, as entrepreneurs, it's a big mistake. Um, the default is to do. The default for us is always, let's go do more. Let's do more. Not doing enough today. Got to solve some more problems or fix this or grow this. I don't think we, we take enough time to think. And that time to think, I think, is what gave me the clarity. So if I had to pinpoint one thing that said, it's okay, and I made some choices, if not for that time in the hospital and her going through the difficulties she had, I'd probably still be doing the same thing I was doing. Not that that would be bad, because being a dentist is a good thing. But was I living my life to the standards that I believe are important today? Would I go back and change anything? Nope, I wouldn't go back and change anything. I'm just glad I made the changes when I did. I don't want to live life with regrets. There's always lessons we learn, and that's part of life. So I don't beat myself up for anything I did in the past that could have been done better. You can't do that. You just say, what did I learn, and how can I proceed from here and live my life the best way I can uh, and looking so I don't look back and wish I'd done something differently when I had the opportunity to do something differently? You know, you, you made a really, really um, a good comment in there too about, and I, and I talk about slowing down to speed up, right? The time, the time that you took to think, right? And just really sit back and evaluate maybe your life, the business and all that, where, where priorities were, right? When you can slow down as entrepreneurs, it's hard for us to slow down, but man, sometimes we just get in our way so bad. Yes. If we were just to slow down and just take the foot off the gas a little bit and, and evaluate and Oftentimes we'd be put ourselves in much better positions, but it's hard for us as drivers, right. To just, to do that. And so, you know, to, to having the accountability, having people like in a study group or in a, in a study men's Bible study group or whatever it is, right. Where people can speak into you and, and, and not have emotion to it and just call you out for things that you need to recognize, I think is, is really powerful. And David, even with someone as successful as you are and, and, who you influence. I mean, you even have coaches and, and it's important for, I think people to hear that too, is, um, you know, you even have that, those people in your life that will speak accountability to you. And, and even today. Oh, most, right? most, yeah, most, no, most certainly, most certainly is, is, yeah, I've, I've got right now currently, you know, three different people I would call direct mentors where I do, you know, one-to-one -one calls on a regular basis for that very purpose wow. is I need the accountability. Uh, I need someone to reflect back on me. What I'm, what my current thinking is. I get a lot of clarity when I have, when I'm forced to articulate like we are right now, verbally, I keep a lot of my stuff in my head, right? <laughs> we all do, right? My head, but I need to be able to articulate what my thinking is that gives me clarity number one and then someone will reflect back again without judgment uh, the people right. that are mentors they're not judging but they what the best mentors do is they don't tell you or tell me what to do they just ask good questions so yeah. so I, you're right they just ask good questions and that's where you get clarity but we need yeah. that back to your point the blind spots they're just they're they're all over the place and yeah. and, and and having those exposed is what's helped me make better decisions Never perfect, but make better decisions without as much fallout as, I, if, as if I were doing it by myself in a vacuum. Hmm. 
I'm going to transition a little bit now because I really want you to um, share with, with everybody the book that you just wrote. Uh, I think everybody should go out there and, and get this book. Um, do you want to share a little bit about what, what drove you to write the book and kind of what it's about? Maybe give yeah. it and just promote that. Sure. Yeah. It, it's, it's, as you said, the title is Own Your Freedom. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. I co-wrote it with one of my current three mentors, uh, Dan Kennedy. Uh, Dan is a, a longtime mentor, someone I followed for many years, uh, is, is, is imparted a lot of wisdom to me. Uh, he's just that deep uh, a thinker. And it was during the summer of 2020, a year ago, when the country, the world, the globe was really kind of in the, really in the midst of the pandemic. And we've just been going through all the iterations of government mandated shutdowns and and stimulus money and just trying to keep things afloat and how many how many people were were feeling a lot of different emotions i mean i think it's been a checkpoint for a lot of people on their on their on their own lives right um, <laughs> that being that being said i think i think the vulnerability that a lot of people found for the first time was you know if i can't go to work and <laughs> trading time for dollars in this case not because of their health but because of the, the government mandate shutdown where's my plan b um, and so I, I started thinking about, you know, the, the lack of autonomy. Well, we think we live in a free country. All of a sudden, well, not so free, right? Um, right. And, and Dan Kennedy's always been a, a stalwart uh, about personal sovereignty. So I asked him, I said, would you, would you co-write this book with me, you know, if I lay out the premise and he was all in. So, so that was, that was why, why the book came out. And, and I think, again, without going too hard political, politically here, which is not, not where I want to be today, but to beat the drum, I think the freedoms that we have been blessed and granted to have because of our forefathers, uh, you know, over two centuries ago, uh, fighting against the tyranny of England, I think uh, our complacency as a general populace is leading us down a road that really we don't want to go down as a country. Uh, and so the book Own Your Freedom, the title is really what it is about. Now there's, there's financial modeling in there because I think gaining a sense of financial independence or freedom is a key part of overall freedom. It's not the only one, uh, but I write about different aspects of that. And Dan imparted his wisdom in the book. And so I, I, I'm biased, of course, but I think it's one of the best books that I've been a part of in this case, because yeah. it's, it's based on principles. It's not tactical. It's not going to tell you how to go, how to go, how to go, uh, you know, make, make your fortune in crypto. Nope. Not going to, not going to, you know, it's principles. So you can figure out what works for you because everybody's got a different plan. Everybody should have a different plan. It's not based on one person, but how do you build the filters in to figure out what decision trees you're making to gain and protect your own personal sovereignty and that of your, your, your beneficiaries, your, your, your generational um, legacy, I would call it. Well, thank you for that. I mean, I, I'm excited to get my copy um, and read it for sure. I know that, um, People in our mastermind have been raving about it, so I'm I got it on order and I'm excited to read it. So hope everybody goes out there and get gets Dr. David Phelps' book, Own Your Own Freedom. Um, that's going to be awesome. So, uh, well, I want to really appreciate. I really want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been an honor to have you on. Um, just great insight and wisdom. If there's one thing that you can leave with the listeners, what would what would what would be from your from your insight and your wisdom over all the years, David? What would be the one nugget? that you can share with everybody before we, we end the uh, podcast today. Whenever you're faced with a challenge that comes out of left field, right? You weren't expecting it. Something happens in your life, uh, personal life or, or business life, or it's just something happens that seems, seems almost insurmountable. Um, you know, God willing, you know, you'll live to fight another day. It's not fun. Uh, and, and you can feel like, you know, you're, you're in the deepest hole ever. And, and who's there to help pull you out. It's all on you and you've got to do it. 
I would say, I would say not to fear, um, but to, you know, with resolve, uh, press through, uh, don't do it solo, um, have that, you know, inner group of three or four or five people and build that now. I mean, be building your relationships now because you need wisdom around you when you've got to get through turbulent times. On the other side of the crisis, whether it takes six months or a year or two years or three years, sometimes, I mean, some of mine have taken a full three years to get fully on the other side. The lessons, uh, but also the opportunities that will open up for you uh, if you have that presence of mind to look at challenges as opportunities, as lessons, as, as opportunities to pivot, push you in a direction that you otherwise would not have gone. That's where the opportunity comes up. Um, and so I would just say, people, uh, wherever you are today or what you face in the future, don't let that um, you know, sting you to the point where you can't move. Um, actually move through it. You'll get to the other side and life can actually open up and be even better while during the time you're going through it is is can be very very difficult no no question about it i think that's just you know phenomenal insight and again thank you for uh getting on the call today and and sharing your knowledge and your and your insight um it's been an honor for me to have you on and i was really looking forward to this podcast so thanks again david for taking the time to be here well john thank you i appreciate the time we've been able to spend uh together and uh, share our collective experiences and wisdom and philosophy in life and i think a lot of it's so similar so it makes it fun thank you well, thanks again. And I really appreciate it. So again, everybody go out and get Dr. David Spelt's book, Own Your Freedom. And again, thanks for being on. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have you on again because you got a lot, you got a lot of knowledge that you got to share, David. <laughs> well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. All right.